Robeson here. Thank you for joining me on this podcast where we talk about spirituality, the awakening process, mental health, and so much more. Join me weekly to get your weekly dose of spirituality and medicine. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I am so excited for our special soul chats today. I have a very special being, super soul being that's with us today. Allison Delator is an advanced sacred awakening, a Kashuk Art student of mine. She's an animal communicator and intuitive. She helps people heal witches' wounds. So I'm super excited for us to have a chat today and talk about all sorts of weird, fun stuff. Hi, Allison. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited you are here. Tell me, I know that you're super connected with animals how did you how did you learn that you were super connected with animals and how do animals communicate with you well i've actually been communicating with them my whole life um i have always just kind of known what they needed in the moment what they were asking for and so you know as a child you're always super connected to things and then as an adult you kind of go oh wait that's like something special and different that I'm doing. Um, And so as I, you know, became an adult and I realized that I had this connection, you know, I started off um, doing like email readings for people, right? Um, But connecting with them is very much like, um, they share so much information. They go so deep with their connection with people. And so they communicate with me psychically. They they give me downloads, they show me things, they make me taste or smell, whatever. They use all of my psychic senses to get their information through. Um, and they also will let me just fully channel them also, which is Ooh. a lot of fun because it can bring through some really, really deep information when I do that. Um, that's a lot of fun. So when they have you fully channel them, are you channeling that message for their mom or dad? They're, they're, they're human. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. And like when someone's coming to you for, let's say like an animal communication session, like what is normally the reasons why someone would want to come to you for that? Uh, there's there's a whole variety of reasons, but most people come to me for animal mediumship in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really busy area of my business, but people will also come if they're having behavioral problems, if they have a really strong connection with, let's say, one particular animal, and they're like, I don't know why I feel this way. Mm-hmm. Um, then we can go really deep into all of the lifetimes that that animal has spent with that person, which is a lot of fun. And it kind of explains the depth of the relationship. Yeah. Um, so neat. There, there's yeah. so many, it's like, I mean, we can come back as many different things and many different forms and some people come back as dogs. And I think that's awesome. So they get to experience what that life was like. What else? Yeah. Um, they will come, of course, if, you know, there's something wrong with the animal, if there's medical issues, or if they believe their animal is starting to come to that transition, mm-hmm. you know, when they're, when the animal is deteriorating and they want to know if the animal, you know, what the animal wants at the end of life. 
uh, is another big thing that we talk about. And what I always like to do when an animal is, is getting ready to go through the transition is do bucket lists. And wow. what does the animal want to do on its bucket list before it transitions? So that's something that kind of uh, adds a little bit of fun to, you know, a tough topic. Um, yes, it's a very hard conversation. And you get to hear what that animal wants to experience before, you know, they cross over the rainbow. And and I think that's awesome. So what are like some surprising things that some are that are on some of the bucket lists for these animals? Uh, I'll give you some actually from one of my particular dogs who transitioned way back in uh, 2016. I had asked what was on his bucket list, right? And so there was like normal things like hot dogs and you know, beef, right? But then it was also like he wanted to go to the beach and he wanted to go and run with a kite, which was very, very different um, and unique. I'd never had an animal ask for that before. Um, That's so cute. It really is. But he wanted like this real lightness around his transitioning. I've had other dogs, of course, ask for uh, in and out burgers from people in California. <laughs> it's a popular thing for their dogs to request. That's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, but a lot of it really is, you'd be surprised how much of it is around food. And, and I, mean, things- I mean, yeah. So like when we had um, our boxer had a stroke at the end of 19, and we we knew that it was time to start saying goodbye. And so one of the things that we ended up doing was taking him to the park, making him a whole chunk of salmon. That dog loves salmon. And so we were like doing this bucket list without knowing it. I just like intuitively knew the things that he wanted to do. And so I love that you asked them that because the whole kite thing, I would have never, that would have never crossed my mind, but I can like yeah. just see and it, as you're talking, I can just see the joy that, that your dog must have had just having that experience with it. Yeah. But the food yeah. is, a, that's a no brainer. <laughs> yeah. the uh, Especially like all the things maybe they were never allowed to have before. Right. Especially if they had like a medical condition leading up to, and they were only allowed to eat certain things. Right. And then it's like, no, I want that in and out burger. <laughs> yeah, I want whatever it is. It's going to make my belly happy before I leave. <laughs> I want that steak. I want the sausage. I want... <laughs> they always have a list of food for sure. I'm a big believer that animals are here to teach us something and that we're also here to teach them something. So and I'll give you an example of what I mean by this. My husband and I, we got a dog. And my husband picked out this dog and this dog was the most challenging dog I've ever experienced in my life. And he would just, he would just pick a fight with you to pick a fight with you. And I mean, and he would like sit there and mouth my arm or he would like pull on my clothes and he just found it fun. Like, and he would like go to the dog park and just pick on other dogs to like, And he found it as fun and he wasn't mean like, and he never broke skin or never did anything like that. And to make a long story short, we ended up sending him to doggy boot camp and um, he ended up having um, a tragic accident. And so when we, when he transitioned, I was meditating on um, 
he ended up becoming such a really good dog before he ended up, he got ended up getting hit by a car um, when somebody else was watching him. And um, he, before he transitioned, he ended up being a really good dog. And it was before his second birthday. So it was like, we were just starting to see the rewards of all of our hard work and everything like that. And I was so sad when he transitioned because that dog was here to teach me boundaries like no other like boundaries of not letting someone roll over me, boundaries of not letting someone just sit there and pick at me and pick at me and pick at me. But he was here to experience unconditional love. And when I sat there and I was meditating on and calling his soul forward so I could say goodbye to him properly, he showed me like he was a Marine in his previous life and he never experienced love. He only experienced tragedy and he never knew what love truly was. So he came here to experience love. Cause I mean, dogs, they love more than anybody else and can any other being can. And so it was so neat to see that. Um, and I love knowing that that like helped me make peace with his transition his because he wasn't around very long because of what happened um but have you seen that where like the the dog's trying to teach the the human something and then they're also trying to learn something from the human as well so in all of my experience from uh communicating with animals they are absolutely here to teach us they are here to help us evolve they have mastered unconditional love. We have not. And so all animals, regardless of whether or not it is a wild animal or an animal that lives in your home, is here working with you for your soul's evolution. Mm -hmm. And so animals to me, uh, in my experiences, are using their behavior, the emotions that they bring out in you as ways of helping your soul evolve. So boundaries is a big one that a lot of animals are working on, especially cats. Cats are great teachers of boundaries. Um, you know, but cats they're also- a totally different personality than a dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're, they are the best at teaching boundaries and doing it in such a way that it is quick there is never any old emotion held on to, right? And something that us humans cannot really do very efficiently is hold a boundary and then not feel guilty that we're holding a boundary. <laughs> so cats are always showing us that. But um, animals are always teaching us about our soul's lessons. You know, they're teaching us about how magnificent we are. They're helping us reconnect back into our soul, our true essence. They see our magnificence that we don't see. Mm -hmm. And so they work with us on our not good enough. They work with us on our not lovable or supported or all of those things. Our animals are always, always, always working with us on. And they also work with us at the collective level as well. So um, like, let's say dogs who are severely abused or who end up in, in shelters, you know, there's that experience, the badness that they are experiencing, A, they don't hold on to it. B, they, they did sign up for it. And C, it's to raise the consciousness of us. It's oh, to bring out compassion. It's to bring out empathy. 
it's to help us realize that they are souls also, and they deserve the best, most amazing treatment, right? And yeah, so whether it's factory farm animals that are also teaching us a very similar lesson, um, you know, about balance is a lot of times also a big thing that they're teaching us, right? Our, our planet is out of balance in so many ways, and it's mostly because of humans. And so, right, all of mother nature, even the wild animals are trying to teach us balance, you know, and unconditional love. And how can we inch closer to being able to bring forth unconditional love? Yeah. Let's, um, I love that. Let's talk about, cause you mentioned that, you know, if they're abused, they signed up for that. Mm-hmm. T- talk a little bit more about that because I find that interesting. And I think that, you know, we're all meant to experience certain things and we come into, even as humans, we'll come in and we make agreements ahead of time where it's like, you're going to be tough on me, or you're going to have this experience. You're going to have this heartbreak. And the soul understands before they come in, but the human self has a really hard time with that. Um, so I, I think I get it from that perspective, but tell me a little bit more about that. Cause I think I find it fascinating. So animals are never disconnected from mm-hmm. their soul. Like we are right. We come in, we're here to experience separation. Animals don't disconnect from their soul in the way that we do. And so when they decide that they're going to come in to make an impact, let's say around being abused and then people coming in to rescue, maybe that animal is then propped up. Like there was an incident with a dog and I'm terrible with names. And this dog was burned, severely, severely burned. But you know what this dog did, what this abuse did? It united people all over the world to support this dog and other dogs who have been abused, right? So this dog came in like, yep, this is going to happen. But this is this is the grander perspective of why yeah. I'm doing this. All right, goosebumps everywhere. Because I, I totally get what you mean by that. Yeah. How do you, so talking about rescue dogs or rescue animals in general, they do, like, I, I know that you said that they're still connected to the soul, but what happens with the animals that were severely abused then still have um, trauma trauma afterwards that they're still dealing with? So, for example, like, my husband rescued a dog that was severely beaten, severely starved to death, and he took the dog, and he loved her to death, and um, she had the best life afterwards, but she was terrified of everything, like, super terrified of everything, terrified of men in general. Um, So like, what about that piece? And how do you help people or home um, pet owners help animals with that piece? So if you have an animal that let's say has had that experience, right? During an animal communication session, that animal will bring through specific instructions that are actually, yes, quote unquote, helping the animal, but it's actually more about the person. Yeah. Because the person is the one that's holding on to the fact that that dog was abused, for example. Okay. 
treated, right? So the person's like, oh, I have to save this animal and I'm going to love this animal with my whole heart and which is beautiful, right? And then the animal will be like, okay, but you're holding on to this piece. And so now every time, let's say we go out in public and I see a man, I freak out. But part of it is I'm freaking out because your energy that's connected to it on the other end of the leash is going, oh, no, there's a man. Zoe's going to freak out. Yeah. And that's going right down the leash. And so the dog goes, okay, I'm going to freak out. Right? Yeah. Because they're psychically connected to us on such a level that we as humans can't even comprehend. They know every thought. The conscious and subconscious mistruths. Yes. Okay, cool. They are connected psychically to us 24 seven. Every thought you think, they know it. Every feeling you have, they know it. And they're going to respond the way that you're anticipating that they're gonna respond. Because you're basically yeah. saying, "Freak out!" So the dog, okay, gonna freak out. No, I will, I will, I will play into that behavior if you want me to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That makes and complete so the, sense. Yeah, and so the animal will bring through ways normally to calm the human down, so that then they can both have an amazing walk that's peaceful and calm, or they can have people come to the house. And the dog is peaceful and calm, right? So the dog will always bring through, or the cat will bring through. If you change your behavior, my behavior is going to change. Yeah. That that makes simple. sense. So what, are, what would you say to someone? I'm just getting, I'm being guided to ask you this. What would you say to someone that's thinking about getting a new animal? Like what is the one thing, one piece of advice that you would suggest doing if, first to establish like a bond and communicate commutative bond or um, a soul bond with that animal? Well, the first thing is you're going to get the animal that you need, not necessarily the animal that you want. Oh, <laughs> yes. Your animals are part of your soul family. Uh-huh. So they will come in in different forms in different lifetimes. You know, maybe one lifetime they're a horse, another lifetime they're a dog, whatever it may be. But you may be like, I want the most amazing sociable dog ever, right? And then, but that's not in your soul's highest and greatest good for its evolution. So maybe you get the dog that's the total opposite because it's to help you grow and evolve. Uh So you get the animal you need, not necessarily the one that you want. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree with you on that because I would have never picked out my dog, Chase. (laughs) However, I'm so grateful that he came into my life. I'm sad that he left so early, but I knew that he was complete. Like he was done, like, and that he completed his mission. And we, oh, like, it's so funny. My husband picked out that dog and like, he was here for me. He was definitely here for me, not for my husband. And so it's just, it's so fascinating uh, seeing that evolve and things like that. And um, what do you think about these new... I see these things on social media where the dogs are pressing the buttons and they're like able to talk to the human. What do you think about that? I think it's super fun. 
I think, um, it's, I think it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, animals are always, always, always communicating with us. And most people, if they've never had an animal communication session, really have like a totally different expectation of what it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> and then what it turns into is they realize that their animals are so incredibly wise. They have so much information to share. They will tell you exactly how to like what you need to shift to totally transform your life. They will let you know if you're dating the wrong person. <laughs> they, they have opinions on everything. And they, um, most people are like, I can't believe that my animal has this much to say. Oh, yeah. Um, because they do. They have so much to say. And you will never, ever, ever end up with the wrong animal. It's no, literally I, impossible. I and the way the animals like to show it to me is puppet strings. And they pull puppet strings and they go through, it doesn't matter how many homes they have to go through before they get to yours, right? They're gonna get to the exact right person because it's part of your soul family, right? They're gonna get to your beacon of light that you send out. And, you know, it doesn't matter where they come from. You know, I've had dogs from all over the country in, that I didn't live in, right? So yeah. it's this beautiful little, uh, well, shouldn't say little, it's this beautiful divine orchestration that is taking place by your animals. And that includes if your animal has transitioned, they send you your next animal. Oh, I'm a always, always. Agree. Our boxer, she passed away. That was the dog that my husband rescued. And um, literally months later, another boxer showed up on our doorstep, literally on our doorstep. And like, and then that was our, you know, our another dog. And so it was just, it was, um, it's fascinating how that works. I have an odd question for you, and I'm not sure if you do this or if anybody's come to you, but I, I, get, I have a feeling you're able to do this, but I have a, I'm not sure if you've done it in the past. Um, what if someone or a couple is wanting another animal, but they're in disagreement on what animal to get, or maybe just a single person that's wanting an animal, but they're not sure what animal to get. Is that something you can help them with? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because here's the thing. And, and animals will always show it to me this way. So if you have an animal that's transitioned and I'm doing a session with that animal that's transitioned, that animal will always bring up and they'll show me a beautifully wrapped present and they'll push it towards their person. And that is my symbol for they're sending the next animal. And so the animal that has transitioned may go into detail about how this animal is coming, potentially a general timeline of when this animal is coming. Sometimes they're like really vague about it. It really depends on where the person is grieving wise for the animal yeah, that's transitioned, yeah. right? As to how they bring it through. Um, but they will normally bring through whether it's gonna be like the same species, like is it gonna be another dog or maybe, maybe your next animal really needs to be a parrot, mm -hmm. right? Like it doesn't matter. And so that, 
animal that's transitioned may very well bring it up and they'll bring up how they plan on orchestrating it, how they plan on training that animal. Um, so that that particular animal gets your attention. So let's say you're going to get a puppy and you go and there's 10 puppies and you're like, oh my God, I don't know which puppy to get. Which one is the right one? I don't know. Well, your dog may have given you the information of how you're going to know. Yeah. Right. It might be a behavior. It might be an emotion you feel. It might just be a profound knowing that you get. Yeah. Um, I'll give you an example from my own life. Um, my dog that passed in 2016, I had um, the first time I met him, my husband was getting deployed um, to Iraq at that point in time. And I had gone with him to the base and somebody had this dog and they were taking it to the pound. But this dog mm. ran up to me, jumped put his paws on my shoulder and started licking my face. Aww. That was my dog, Tank. I had Tank for, he was almost 15 when he passed. Um, so I had him, he was like He's a year when I got him. Yeah, he was like a year old when I got him and we spent, awesome. he was my very first deployment dog, right? Out of many. He was my first one. So back in 2018, I started getting this inkling that like, I need to look at the shelter because I'm being guided to a particular shelter so the I wake up one day and I look and I'm like, oh my God, that's the dog. So mm -hmm. the next morning I get in my car and the first person there when the shelter opens. And so I'm like, I need to see this dog. And they're like, well, you know, he's really never been handled. He was just a puppy. He was 10 weeks old. Um, you know, so he's kind of feral, but yeah, we'll take him out if, you know, they put him in my arms. And the first thing he does is lick my face. Aww. And I knew 100% that that was my gift from my dog tank that had died two years Aww. earlier. Right? So how it happens is going to be different each and every time. But there's always magic in it. Yeah. Always magic. I love that. Like we, so our boxer transitioned at the end of 19, like literally New Year's Eve. And so we, and we, my husband and I, we've been trying to get pregnant for like four years. And I swear to God, he transitioned to make space for my daughter to come in because he, he, he wanted to be our primary sole focus. And then he knew it was time to transition and he had a great life, like, because when he showed up on our doorstep, he had heartworms mm -hmm. and he wouldn't have lived longer than a year with the type of heartworms on how bad his heartworms were. And so he ended up living another five and a half years with us. And so we were really grateful for it. But he was like, OK, it's time for me to leave. And yeah. it's great. But we haven't gotten another dog because we have a toddler. But my husband and I, we both have two very different opinions on what type of dog to get. And so until <laughs> we both agree on it, we have no dog. <laughs> so, right. But I miss having a dog because our dog, like my dog, uh, Rocco, he would do all the, like he would sit in front of my altar. Anytime I would do healings or energy work or sessions with mm -hmm. clients, he was there. He was always there and he loved it. He soaked up all the energy of it. And so like, I miss having a dog, but I know the timing isn't right, but I know I'll have that same feeling that you have when it is right. Where it's like, yeah, it's time. Let's do it. Yeah. And, and I think it's one of the really cool things about animals is 
they will set things up in advance, right? And they will, the moment of their passing is chosen by them. Who's going to be there is chosen by them. How they pass, even if it's tragically, is chosen by them. They know that they are exiting in a particular way to have the biggest impact on their humans and their humans' evolution. So sometimes the most tragic passings are really to catapult someone to the next level in their evolution. Mm -hmm. And I've had a lot of people whose animals have been tragically killed by coyotes or other dogs or owls, whatever it may be, right? And it normally is what brings them to have their very first animal communication session, which normally catapults them into a different level of spirituality and understanding that life continues after death. And so even their exits are powerful. And sometimes they set up the next animal or baby to come in Right. And they're working on that before they transition. Um, I can give you another example. My cat Skeeter passed away last Thanksgiving. And about six months before he passed, you know, I had, I was at this point where I'm like, I've had cats for like 40 years. Okay. After him, I'm not going to change any more litter boxes. Right. Well, Skeeter had very different plans for me. And so, (laughs) of course. So I had a stray mama cat give birth on the side of my garage last May. And then all of a sudden I had two cats and Skeeter. Um, And then the kitten came to live inside. The mother cat, by choice, still lives outside. That's her prerogative. I respect her decisions. Um, Yeah, there's just some cats that do not want to come inside. Right. And, And we have to remember animals are sovereign beings. Yeah. And, and they have the capability of taking care of themselves without us forcing our decisions onto them. So- yes. And they um, have for many, yeah. many, many, many centuries. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, but anyway, so the kitten came inside and then Skeeter passed and I'm like, okay, I got one litter box to change. No, then another kitten came, <laughs> right? So he set one up before his passing and after his passing. He goes silly human. <laughs> yep, exactly, exactly. He's like, you thought you were done. Nope, you need cats. You're always going to have cats. And so my cat saga continues. Um, but yeah, it, it's all set up and orchestrated in the most beautiful, magical ways for things to happen at the exact right moment, even if in that moment we can't see it. Yeah, I believe that. I think that's awesome. <laughs> I love how you ended up with two cats. <laughs> I know. What do, you, what do you think about everything that happened with the pandemic and people going to get animals because they were home and now a lot of them don't have time for those? Like, what do you, what, what, what do you say about that? Or what do you think about that? Or how would you help someone that like got an animal and maybe feels guilty about not having the time for them now? Right. I think, you know, every every circumstance is different, but I think in a lot of cases, it, it, it breaks my heart that people got animals and then started dumping them as soon as they started working again. Mm-hmm. Um, but for those people who still have their animal and really love their animal and feel guilty, normally the animal is the one with the remedy for that. 
Because <laughs> the animal, right, will say, this is my perspective. This is how I see it. You may feel guilty, but you don't need to feel guilty. I'm I'm okay, and I'm understanding what's happening, right? Because right. we as humans really think that we know better on, like, everything. We don't. And our perspectives are not the end-all, be-all of, you know, perspectives. And so it's important to know that every animal has their own perspective on every single situation and the way you perceive it 99% of the time they perceive it completely differently because they have a much grander perspective mm. we have a very limited human perspective and they are their perspective is ginormous they can see all the moving parts they know exactly what's happening why it's happening how it's happening the outcome that it's going to lead to and so they see it very differently. So I would say if that's a concern, then it's important to get your animal's perspective on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And you, you help with animal communication, but you also do intuitive Akashic record readings as well. And so if anybody is new to the show, I'm an Akashic Record Master teacher. Allison has taken Sacred Awakening, one of my Akashic Record courses. She's also taken advanced courses. So she does many more things than just animal communication. One of the other things that you are really into and that you're being guided to is help people heal witches' wounds. Talk about that. Yeah. So there are, you know, so many people who have these like collective fears around accessing their psychic abilities or their intuition, right? There, there's a collective wound that basically says like, this is bad, this yeah. is evil, right? And then you have like the media, you have the movies, right? That kind of paint a weird picture on, on psychic abilities and, and intuition. And so the witch's wound is something that can affect you on multiple levels, right? So you could have actually had the experience of being executed during the witch hunts, or you could have had the experience of being someone who um, was doing the executing, mm. or someone who was just in it. Right. In the yep. collective, alive at that time, getting all of the different mixed signals about turning on your neighbor, turning on your friends, turning on your sister. Oh, it was crazy. Right? It, it was. Time. And it anybody really could accuse was. anybody of it. And, yes. and you got to be really careful because you're going to be persecuted. And I've done readings where it's like, we just like end up, we're like in an Akashic Booker reading. We end up like they're standing with the noose around their neck or um, you know, they're running because they're, they're afraid they're going to be persecuted. And a lot of them were just herbalists. That's what they were. They worked with the, the, the plants and they worked with nature. And that's what that was. And we live in this beautiful time now where we are able to have open conversations like this without fear of persecution. That does not mean on a subconscious level that there's not that fear because there are so many people that are afraid to come out of their closet because of previous experiences the soul has had. And I love that you mentioned that that 
the person could have been doing the execution. I have not come across a lifetime like that. I have come across other lifetimes where someone was doing something else, but that's such a great uh, perspective too, because there's so many intricate parts that are um, at hand and we're not all innocent. Like, in our previous lives, we did not, we were not all innocent. We did not always do good things. And so, you know, our soul has experienced so many different things where we do want to clear out those experiences and you help people kind of clear, not kind of, you do, you help people clear out the witch's moon or that fear of persecution or the, the, the guilt and the shame around something that has happened Mm -hmm. um, with that. Why were you called to do that? Um, former witch here. Um, and so I had many, many lifetimes that I had to work through, um, around this very topic where I was persecuted for, you know, what I was able to do. And if, if you look back at history, right prior to, um, the, the witch thing, right? Women and men, I don't want to leave men out because there were men too, right? That were actually revered and seen as extremely powerful healers for the community. And they were loved and they were working with plant medicine and all these different things that were really helpful until, you know, the church came along and was like, we need to stop this right now. We cannot have women be seen as powerful. And what's the easiest way to go about this, right? And so it really is such an interesting point in history, but it's also so interesting to see how it plays out in the lives of everyday people now. And as someone who had to clear out my own stuff layer after layer after layer, because I was terrified of being seen for what I do, Oh, for sure. I know. Right. That. Like I was like, I, I can't come out of that spiritual closet. Um, it's it's dangerous out there, right? Um, so because I've had the experience myself, it just has become such a natural part of what I do. Um, it, it, it is helping people work through this because there's so many magical human beings here that all have a purpose, that are all meant to do amazing, powerful things but are scared to and helping other people find a way to shine their light that feels good and powerful to them is something I just love doing because the world needs more, more light people. Every time of awakening. And I think that the more we normalize these types of conversations, the, the more that people are going to be one willing to come out of their spiritual closet talk about the things that they're fearful of, but also own their gifts. And, you know, the, the thing about, um, about healers are medicine, women or men, um, shamans, all of them, like they were always taken care of by the community because they could help the community overcome, overcome whatever it is that they were experiencing. Um, um, on a soul level, on a, a body level, on a mind level, they they help them with that. But they're so, and I see this, and I still, and I, I'm sure you're the same too, Allison. Where it's like another one will come up where it's like, ooh, that's another that's another lifetime that 
I've experienced something like that and it's ready to be revealed to be healed. Um, what do you, what would you say to someone if they have like an unconscious fear, what's like the first step to actually getting help with this or a conscious fear? Cause it, maybe they have an unconscious or a conscious fear, or they have something that just feels off and they're not really sure what it is. Right. Right. Um, I love to just connect with people in an intuitive session and kind of, I always kind of get to know them first. Like, what are you working on? What do you feel like is in your way of really feeling empowered? Because I find, especially for women, right, there are so many rules that we have to live by under the patriarchy that was created all those hundreds of years ago during the witch hunts, right? We're still living under that same system. And so it's like getting to the root of, you know, sometimes people come and they're like, I don't, I don't really know what I need to work on. I just know I need to work on something. And then we kind of start digging in around, okay, where are you holding yourself back? Where are you not stepping into your power? And that's normally a great place to start because once those records are open, once the Akashic records are open, we can kind of see what's the first thing that comes up that your master's teachers and loved ones are like, we need to work on this right now, yeah. <laughs> right? Because they're always going to put you on the right path in terms of what to work on first. And then are there additional layers to that? And what's the most effective way to get through those layers? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I know you have a special going on for our listeners, which is, guys, this is a really awesome special. So the links will be in the show notes and in the description. Uh, go ahead and tell everybody what your special is so they can take advantage of it if they want to get an uh, animal reading or uh, uh, just a regular healing or an intuitive, whatever. Go ahead yeah. and share. <laughs> yeah, so I'm super excited to be offering this to you guys um, as an extension of, of Amy's family here that she's created. So I am offering a 90-minute intuitive session for $99. Um, that is normally priced at $498. So it is a, a fantastic deal. discount of $399. So I am super excited to offer this to you guys because... We can do an Akashic Records session. We could do a healing in the records. We could do one of my favorite things, which is Animal Adventures in the Akash. It is something that I created um, to blend in my animal communication with the Akashic Records, where you get to go on a journey with one or two of your animals, maybe to a past life that you guys shared, or to, uh, I did one where the dog took the person to the inception of their soul. So there is so much cool stuff that you can do with your animals in an animal adventure in the Akash session. So that is also available under that 90 minute intuitive session. So I'm it's such a good deal, excited. guys. If you're being called to do an animal communication or Akashic record healing, if you're new to me, Akashic records, every word deep thought from the moment your soul is incepted is recorded in the Akash. We can go in and ask any and all questions in any and all areas. We can do a past life regression. We can do a current present thing and we can do uh, a future possibility. And so 
No, no questions too small. And Allison has taken all of my Akashic record levels. So she's good. <laughs> so she can do ancestors. She can do anything for you and animals. So I'm super excited. And thank you for offering that to our um, listeners and people that watch on YouTube. Thank you so much. Um, again, it will be in the show notes or in the description. And then there will be a coupon code as well. Um, and then um, what are you excited about? Like, what are you excited about coming up? Like this, maybe this year or next year, like what are you looking forward to um, in terms of your soul's evolution? I am looking forward to creating um, some group coaching programs. I've actually created my first group coaching program, which is um, coming up in September, um, which is all about tapping into your intuition and your psychic abilities. We're going to be clearing witch wounds while we're opening all of that stuff up. It's about really building a strong foundation. Um, as someone who's used my intuition and my psychic abilities my whole life, I honestly can't imagine going through life without them. And oh, so yeah, I, I want to empower other people to be able to be like, wait, I got this answer. I know what to do, right? Like that is my goal. Uh, and my joy is helping people in that way. Um, so I'm really looking forward to doing that. I have some other things that I'm in the process of creating for people in terms of group coaching. Um, so there are going to be some really super fun things coming down my pipeline for people. Uh, yeah, some are yeah. top secret. So love <laughs> <laughs> top secret. secret. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And what about you, Allison? Like for just you in general, like, what are you excited about? I am just excited about my own expansion, my own, you know, we're in such an amazing time uh, in terms of elevating consciousness that I am really enjoying my own experience of elevating my consciousness to different levels all the time. Um, and I just, I'm really looking forward to see where that goes. Um, and how it's going to present. And um, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm looking forward to working with more animals and more people and um, just really expanding, expanding. That's, that's really what I'm looking forward to. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you launch your group program and seeing you evolve because I've seen you grow so much since I've met you so I'm just so excited for you and so excited for your tribe and and your and your animals too so yes yay well thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your animal and witchy knowledge is there <laughs> anything else you want to share before we hop off uh is there anything else let's see um yes I would just say that Every time your animal does something that maybe you're not that keen on, maybe ask yourself what you're feeling in that moment or what's going on with you in that moment. Ooh. Because that's a little bit of a, a little, we're just going to plant the seed um, about how your animal may be working with you. I love it. Yeah. Well, thank you, Allison, so much. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Please make sure you like and subscribe, share this with a friend, and also take advantage of Allison's special. That's a huge discount right now on her intuitive 90-minute readings. All right, guys, have fun. Take care. Bye. Bye.